Welcome to Uncontained, episode 104. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and I have some exciting news for you on the podcast. Now, there's a couple more places where you can find Uncontained, and you can go to listen to it. One, Spotify. Two, iHeartRadio. Uncontained is now on both of them. So, uh, please, if you are using the Spotify or the iHeartRadio apps, you know, Add me, follow me, put a couple plays on there, hit play, walk away, let it play all day, doesn't even matter if you listen, but of course, you'd want to, or else you'd miss kick-ass shows like I have today. Yes, this week's episode, I speak to Greg, Gregzilla Harrison, he's the guitarist for PDP, Uh, he's Played for Head P.E., been featured in Guitar World, Premier Guitar, Revolver. He's played the Rockstar Mayhem Tour four times. Played alongside of some of the biggest metal and rock bands that are out there, including Slayer, Slipknot, Rob Zombie, Cannibal Corpse, and many, many more. Yes, that's just the start of it. He also not only is a metalhead. He introduced me in this interview to Gypsy Jazz. He has a whole other band, The Hot Club of North Hollywood, where he plays a shredding form of jazz, which I will actually have a sample track for you in this episode. Actually, it's a track I'm talking over right now, which I will play again at the end of this episode for you. And I also have a track off of Greg's band PDP's upcoming album, Arcana Scent, that I'll be playing for you here in just a little bit. So, so if you like metal, if you like jazz, you'll like this episode. That's all coming up. But the question is, why don't you have uncontained merchandise yet? And if you have some, well, you should get more. Yes, uncontained t-shirts, uncontained coffee mugs. The coffee mugs are pretty sweet, if you ask me. And just as I promised, Greg was cool enough to hook us up with a track off of PDP's upcoming CD, Arcane Ascent. Crank your earbuds up to 11. This is... Arcane.
How are you doing today, Greg? I'm doing fucking fabulous. Thanks, brother. All right, man. Thank you for coming on the show. And it's really kind of crazy uh, how we came in contact. You joined a Facebook group that I've been a part of for a while, Gigs LA. And then I saw that you had a friend of mine back in the day, Gus. <laughs> Gus is the man, dude. That's my fucking homeboy. Yeah, man. So uh, what's going on today? Well, let's see. I just uh, crushed the gym. I did some guitar playing earlier, worked on some PDP stuff, like some death metal shit and some gypsy jazz stuff and did a little mixing. Yeah, everything's been good. It's, it's snowing outside, so and it's cold as shit. But other than that, everything's good, you know? Yeah, man. So you were working in L.A. at the uh, Musicians Institute, and then you decided to move to Omaha, Nebraska? Yeah. What's up with that? (laughs) Um, Well, where do I begin? L.A., basically, I had roommates and stuff, and, uh, you know, being 36 and shit, it's kind of like time to move on from that, you know, and and, uh, I've been at uh, MI for years and years, and I love that school. You know, it's, I went there back in 2003, graduated in 2004 and then taught there ever since, you know, and I still actually am, um, I'm still a sub and a guest clinician and guest open counseling artist, but uh, I I really wanted to get out of LA and then like start my own studio, you know, in a, in an area where it's not so uh, over inundated with everybody trying to do that same thing. Right. And, um, my family's in Ohio and then, uh, and of course, you know, I have a, a lady and whatnot too. So, there, uh, we got a house out here and everything. So, all right, cool. And what made you pick Omaha? Um, well, that's where she's at, and then also, oh, uh, and also, I played here like you know with Head PE. I was probably here four times or something, or maybe five, probably five times. And I like this area. It's central to the United States, right? And like, it's closer to my my dad and my brother. They both live in Ohio, um, and then I got a homie that lives up in Cleveland. Like a bunch of friends up there. And, and I know actually a bunch of people here in Omaha as well. So the cost of living's good and <laughs> the price is right for a house. You know what I mean? Put a studio in it. I already got the studio all set up and uh, it's just a different pace out here. I'm like, you know, setting up shop, like writing a guitar curriculum for a conservatory of music and that whole deal, you know, kind of trying to do my own thing, you know? Yeah, I can totally relate to the cost of living. That was one of the main, like, shocks I had when I moved out here up to the Bay Area in California uh, from (laughs) Iowa. And it was like I was renting a room for what I was renting a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath apartment for. (laughs) Dude, yeah, like, like the Bay Area, okay, that place is, like, it's rad. It's rad to be there, especially, like, the art scene and shit and, like, music scene but it's so expensive. It's out of control. Like I was like going through there, but it seems like we always play like, uh, what's that place? Slims. And, uh, what's that other spot right next to Slims? <sighs> Can't remember the name of it. It doesn't really matter, but you know, it's always, it's a little dicey down there too. Like leave your gear and shit sitting around in a van or like in a bus, you know, is this in SF <laughs> or is this in Oakland? That's in San Francisco, Oakland. Uh, I can't remember the name of the club we play there, but uh, with PDP, we come through Oakland and shit. Right, we'll, we'll go anywhere. If, th- if there's a guarantee, I'll be there. Hell yeah. Well, if you come back through here, you'll definitely have to let me know. Um, but uh, let's get let's talk about your music a little bit. So you played with Head P.E. for a little bit. I know you had some other bands before there, but uh, I was told by uh, Gus that I had to ask you about Head P.E. and uh, what happened with Head P.E. Um, well... That's a touchy, that's a touchy one. Like, I'm not going to be a dick about anything or whatever. I just didn't get along with a certain person in the band. But, uh, 
Yeah. And actually I like, I like the dude or whatever, but didn't appreciate the attitude and especially like throwing fits on stage. So, and, uh, and my record was almost done with PDP, but, uh, you know, like I'm still, I'm still really good friends with, uh, most of the dudes in the band, put it that way. Like the crew and everybody are my homies. And, but, uh, yeah, so, yeah he's a good dude, you know, just differences of opinion or whatever. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to perpetuate any of that. He's a good dude. So sounds good, man. Well, I'm glad you're on to better things here. You got PDP going on, uh, a new album coming out. Uh, what's your new album titled? It's titled the arcane ascent. And, uh, it's super heavy nine string shit. Like, um, our first album mass delusion was brutal like thrash like if you took pantera and mashuga and decapitated and despised icon and kind of put them together that's what we were going for and this new one is like kind of more of our own shit and it's about just bludgeoning grooves and then the thrash tunes on it are just maximum fucking shred okay all right (laughs) you know just chugging chugging fucking riffs and like it's more about just the whole band like really crushing like a a concept it's a whole concept album So it's like some, like Seth, Seth's our singer. He knows about that whole deal. Like, uh, we all talk about it, but he's like a genius with lyrics and shit. And, uh, but I'm super proud of it, dude. Like, um, it sounds crushing. Like Chris Collier did all the mixing and mastering on it. Um, yeah, dude, it's out of control. Like it's probably the heaviest record I've ever heard, but that wow. doesn't mean that, you know, to, to anybody else's taste, you know, to each their own, but I'm, I'm super proud of it. Like the first time I heard the final mix and master, it put me in tears actually. <laughs> right. On, right. On. So uh, how many uh, piece band is this? Is it a five piece? Yes. Yeah, five of us. All right. All right. Cool, man. So uh, you're guitarist and do you do some vocals as well? Um, on the record, I did zero vocals on mass delusion. I did all the vocals. Um, this one, it's all Seth. And they're fucking crushing. Like he's like the the best enunciating death metal singer I've ever heard. <laughs> you can understand the words, you know, or maybe I do just because I've I've known him for so long. But he's very good with his crossing his his uh, T's and dotting his eyes, if you will. No, no, I actually understand that. Uh, there's some that some singers that are hard to understand. Uh, but uh, one of my friends from back home in Iowa, he was the lead singer of a band called Freak Label, which unfortunately it's not together anymore he had to scream but he enunciated as he screamed you know it was like i can hear what he's saying through that growl yeah that's rad yeah i'm like impressive dude yeah most impressive like that's the thing too like seth is a super smart dude like mechanical engineer guy you know like totally totally rad like very intelligent with like what he writes and you know he's conscious about about like how how he portrays things or whatever lyrically it's not just like kill this or that or the other like there's some definitely some super dark lyrics on the record but uh yeah man like the, just his performance and stuff it's it's filled with pure spite for sure to say the least <laughs> <laughs> right on man yeah i was gonna say like i was listening to like some of your like interviews from your first album um mass delusion and people would ask you like what inspires your music where do you get this from you're like hate <laughs> and i'm like all right all right and you know once you said that i was like i bet this guy is really nice (laughs) yeah that's that's the funny thing you know it's like uh especially like my lyric writing is not i didn't write all the lyrics for uh mass delusion but like 
you know, I was part of a lot of it. Most, most of them I did rewrite parts of, but, uh, my homeboy Hector, he was the original singer in, um, PDP and he had actually written some really good lyrics. And like a lot of it was about like, like one of the word of the wise is about, you know, MMA fighters, but it's not even from like our perspective of us being in an MMA fight, you know, okay. it's about somebody that's talking shit and you just smash them or, or that like one die motherfuckers about like traffic jams in LA. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, you know, it's, yeah. some of it's kind of silly. And then some of it's about like pinhead versus fucking Leatherface or some silly shit. I mean, that's me being all stoned. <laughs> well, there you go, man. You know, not all song lyrics have to be serious, have to be about real things. Some of them can be like conceptual, like pinhead fighting Leatherface or whatever. But yeah, it know. makes for good shit. I mean, like, you know, when you read the lyrics, if you know that, you'd be like, oh, that is what that is. But if you just like listen to it and and didn't know that you would never pick up on that's what it's about you know it's just like some horror movie style lyrics or some shit but the new record has nothing to do with any of that there's one song about the donner party it's i think it's my favorite song on the record it's about you know eating your fucking family <laughs> that's kind of, it's kind of fucked is that up, on but, this uh, new album coming up or on uh the yeah all right cool i actually work with somebody who is related to the actual donner party no shit Yes. Yeah. So it was like I found that out at work, but as it was interesting. So yeah, what a brutal story, dude. I don't know, just random fact or random nugget of information to throw out there. Isn't that crazy? It's like you start eating your fucking family and shit just because, like, that's that's where you're at now. <laughs> you're you're the, you're up shit's creek. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, it's from people that, you know, have passed already or whatever, you know, like uh, from frostbite or but eventually it's got to be like, OK, who looks delicious? Yeah, dude, how fucked up is that? Man? <laughs> like, uh, you know, I watch that movie alive kind of on the regular just to to feel a little more alive. <laughs> yeah, I actually have never seen alive. I know what it's about. The plane crash where people eat each other. Uh, it's it's uh. It's something else. <laughs> I don't want to be in that situation. You know, it's just like I don't want to swim with sharks. I'm not down with that shit. Even in the cage? Nah, I'm not into it. Like, I'll admire them. I think sharks are rad as fuck. I just don't want to be their food. <laughs> are you uh, an adrenaline junkie? Man, I, I don't. I, with hockey, yeah. That's about as far as it goes for me. Like, yeah, I'm not like like uh, my homeboy, Jared. Um, he was, he was like guitar tech for me and shit. And, uh, at PE, he just like started working for this last year I was working for a skydiving company and he went skydiving and shit. Like, dude, you're a crazy son of a bitch. I've actually always wanted to do that. Oh man. Like he, he showed me the video. It was rad, but, uh, I just can't see myself jumping out of a perfectly good plane, man. <laughs> I, I hear that. I hear that, but you need practice just in case you need to jump out of a bad one. <laughs> yeah that's true i guess if you got a bail you got a bail and it's like better to know what you're doing than if you didn't so i guess i'd be fucked in that situation <laughs> anyways musically um you know we've talked a lot about metal and playing for like head pe playing for your new band pdp which before i get to this next question i searched all over online for the meaning of pdp and i could not find it what is the meaning of pdp what does it stand for uh well, it does have a specific meaning, but it, it harkens back to like this um, inside joke and shit. So I, I tend not to really tell people outright, you know, especially if it's going to, you know, basically it's whatever. It's whatever, 
you know, somebody wants it to fucking mean. You hear the fucking music like, yeah, it looks cool as a logo. <laughs> um, you know, it look it looks good. P upside down P P. Bam. PDP. And it's like easy to remember. PDP. Bam. Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know. I was thinking something around power, destruction, and Pilates. Perfect. Or something Sounds like great. that. Does that does that does that work? <laughs> I would to, I would totally I would totally go with it. You know. And then I'm, have somebody I'm, I'm doing like the Pilates be, moves in the background of your logo. It could be yeah. There you go. Uh, it could be you know power driven pariah. Yes. Right? It could be pile driving pussy. It, it could uh, be. It could be. It could be um, <laughs> polka dotted piranhas. Ooh. Okay, that's a, that's a keeper. That's yeah. a fucking keeper right there. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that kind of fits the whole nine string guitar vibe. Yeah. <laughs> there could there could be plenty more. Let's see another thing. People doing people. People doing people. Yeah, just everybody <laughs> fucking. Just everybody. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Come on to our show. It's a big orgy. Yeah, everybody's doing <laughs> yeah, it. Come on to the show. Everybody's fucking. Let's do it. <laughs> so, what, okay, speaking of big shows and big, well, not, not necessarily orgies, what's the biggest show that you've played? Uh, That was in, that was in Poland at, at the Polish Woodstock a couple years ago. I have the, I have a poster from it here in my studio, actually. I don't know what year it was. I think it was 2015. We played there. It was us. It was Head P.E., Decapitated, Mode Step, Black Label Society, and Dream Theater. Man, there's all kinds of motherfuckers on this poster. Uh, Shaggy <laughs> was there, dude. Really? Shaggy? <laughs> the it wasn't me guy? <laughs> dude, I didn't even I didn't even see Shaggy. We hung out with Decapitated and shit. Um, the lyrical yeah, gangster? That was like... It was like 760,000 people or some shit. It was crazy. Wow. There's video of it on YouTube. Just head wow. PE, Polish Woodstock. Man, people over in Europe uh, really get into the metal. Oh, they do. They go fucking nuts, man. That shit was crazy. And like the, we did tours over there with my homies in uh, Il Nino. Love those guys. Okay. Those um, guys are cool. Oh, they're rad, dude. Like all the guys in that band are my really good friends. We also, see, we went to uk with alien ant farm also like some super good homeboys of mine like those guys are rad like their newest record is really bomb actually really the only thing i can think of when i see here alien ant farm is the uh, michael jackson cover dude i know that's hilarious but they actually have like some progressive rock stuff that's uh man it's really it's really good like terry is a really good homeboy of mine like dude cosgrove is a savage fucking drummer um dude tammy's fucking great bass player he's good friends with kurt he's the bass player and uh head pe well he's good friend with me now too you know but um they knew each other before we all ended up in on tour together and then uh dryden's just an incredible singer and like those guys are on to thrash metal and shit too like <laughs> it's a whole thing they're they're really good dudes man like everybody in that band i probably had the most fun with them and el nino oh man we toured with a lot of fucking cool bands it's interesting though it's uh like you mentioned that uh so alien and farbs into the thrash metal but you wouldn't know it like a lot of musicians have so many influences that a lot of their audience doesn't necessarily know about yeah it's t it's totally uh it's it's kind of silly because you know i think 
what happens is people like have a like-minded idea of what they want to achieve musically when they get together and there's chemistry and they come from certain backgrounds but then when they get together like based upon their musicianship they're like good at certain things and then like they all kind of gel in one direction like i don't know with ant farm it's like hilarious i'll go to their sound check and they're like playing injustice for all shit <laughs> like blackened and shit for sound check or short of straw <laughs> like and the audience would never know that you know yeah. Part of the reason why I got off on this talking about uh, different styles of music is you actually play uh, a lot of acoustic stuff as well. Yeah, I think that's that's a big thing as far as being like a proficient um, musician in general is, you know, think back to, you know, box days and shit, man. You know, like when, you know, my good boy fucking Johann Sebastian Bach, he's like the father of fucking modern harmony and voice leading and shit. Like that dude, you know, that, that all comes from studying. Like I played classical piano and shit when I was a kid Okay. and uh, before I played guitar, but then also going to like MI and like really getting to the nitty gritty of like, you know, the basics of harmony and theory and then going to the more advanced shit. Bach is like complete perfect harmony. And like those fools didn't have amps and shit. So you're not playing electric guitar. Like there's amazing things you could do on electric guitar, but you can benefit yourself from playing an acoustic instrument and making it sound a, a thousand percent impactful and, and not being hindered by the fact that you don't have an amp to, as a crutch to lean on, you know? Like with gypsy jazz, that's like a big thing for me. It's like, it's a shreddier form of jazz that's kind of like it's European classical bass style harmony, but it's still jazz and has jazz changes. It's got a lot of two fives and one six two fives. It's got chromatic voice leading and secondary dominance and fucking tritone substitutions. Like it's all deep in, in the theory of things. and. It's just fucking fun to play, you know. Anybody that's that hasn't heard Gypsy Jazz or Jagger Reinhardt or like Birelli Legrin or the Rosenberg Trio, like gotta gotta check them out. Like that's that's what I spend most of my time working on. Like metal's easy, you know. I've been doing it for so long, but yeah, well, Gypsy stuff is is a big thing for me. The Hot Club in North Hollywood's my Gypsy Jazz band. Gypsy Jazz. I don't know if I've heard of that genre before necessarily. I like I I heard your Gypsy Jazz band, and I can hear Gypsy Jazz in it. I can see why it's called that, but I never really heard that genre before. It well, it's interesting. It has there's no roots of it in America, right? It's a European thing, and it's. And it's based on like, you know, European gypsies, like literally traveling fucking families and these songs. And like they have waltzes traditionally that are handed down from generation to generation over hundreds of years, you know, not just on guitar, but on any kind of instrument. And like, so the families, like the grandparents teach the fucking grandchildren and shit like that. Like when they're little kids, it's, it's a very deep, like musically rich kind of thing. And it's, it's all done very organically versus going to music school and learning about it, you know? Yeah. But they're like virtuoso musicians. They're super fucked up. Like the guitar players are some of the most ridiculous shredders there are. And they're doing it over like chord changes that changes key every bar. Like it's fucked up, dude. It's like bebop. <laughs> so I'm, I, I can't get that technical talking about uh, the, like add nines or diminished chords or whatever. But I like watching like fingers move up and down the fretboard as uh, you're playing. I noticed like as I was watching the video of you at Hot Club of North Hollywood, uh, your fingers were like if they could, they'd be smoking. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, we recorded that record live in the studio and uh, to tape and also recorded the video that you're seeing from those clips that I edited together or whatever, just for Instagram. Yeah. Um, those are all live when we did the recording. So that's what that shit is. It's one take. That's it. <laughs> oh, that's impressive. Yeah. It wasn't the first take though, mind you. So some of that shit that's really hard was like eight takes. 
And okay. dude, I had to glue my fingertips back on like Stevie Ray Vaughan style, not even shitting. Like I had super glue, like my fingers were bleeding all over the place. I, I totally believe you, dude. Like I attempted guitar for a little while. My fingers were still all on the short bus, you know, type thing. Uh, <laughs> but like those, those, uh, those strings, man, they, they get you. They, oh yeah. They're super rock. heavy on this guitar. My gypsy guitar. I've got, it's like a 56 to a 11 and it's extended scale. So it's like 26 and a half inch scale, but a normal strats, 25 and a half. So the tension on it's all fucked up, but it makes it snappy when you like a gypsy guitar is made to be loud when you play it hard. Okay. So it projects like there's no amps involved in that shit, you know? And one thing I noticed that was to me strange about uh, the guitar you were playing, the uh, hole for the acoustics in it, it was really small compared to most acoustic guitars. Yeah, so that's called a petite bouche. That's like uh, popularized by Django Reinhardt's original Selmer guitars from the 30s. It's uh, the petite bouche. It's what, what it does is the body is larger than a traditional acoustic, and it forces all the sound to come out of the smaller hole, which pro- projects it more of the mid-range and high frequencies okay so it like if you're the lead guitar player in a band you would traditionally use that style it's called the petite bouche which means small mouth and then you would have like um the grand bouche which is like the the large mouth which the rhythm guitars will use okay um so it has like a bigger like a d-shaped fucking hole and it's got more of like a like favino guitars have like a larger opening but they're also extended scale so there's there's different types of gypsy guitars throughout the years you know and there's like guitar builders now that they make variations of each that are kind of like mimic each other but that's like where it comes from it's it's a weird looking unique instrument it's popularized by django okay django unchained <laughs> yeah uh, django <laughs> reinhardt that's my guy <laughs> i'm sorry uh, there's, there's a cool <laughs> no that's good there's a good video on youtube called three-fingered lightning and it shows Django. He only had two functional fingers on his fret hand. What? And he was, yeah, dude. And he was playing all that shreddy shit like you're seeing me doing. He's playing shit like that with two fingers. His other two fingers were melted together from a caravan fire. That, that in like the twenties. That is crazy. I have. There's actual like video of this. Yeah, dude. Check it out on YouTube. Django Reinhardt, Three Finger Lightning. All right, or man. Jay Atondre. There's yeah. There's some good shit. Type in Django Reinhardt. You'll find all kinds of wicked shit. Like. I spent all my time working on that shit. All right. Very cool, man. Very cool. So in addition to the petite bouche, did I say that one right? Did I say that right? Yeah, that's good. That all was right. All right. I tried to throw in the proper enunciation or hopefully like uh, try to sound oh, kind of French. Petite well, fuck, bouche. Dude, I'm not French. I don't know how to say it either. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just trying to have fun with it. But uh, in addition to that guitar, what other guitars do you play? Oh, that's a great question. Let's see. I have these, Lance Alonzo is a guitar maker in LA. He's like a really good friend of mine for, fuck, I don't know, 14, 15 years. Um, he hand builds all my guitars. He he works at Guitar Craft Academy, which is a division of Musicians Institute. Um, and I, I play predominantly ML style guitars, which are like a Dean style or a Washburn style dime bag shape. Okay, like the Flying V? Yeah, it's like a Flying V mixed with a, uh, a Gibson Explorer. Okay. You know, so like you can sit like with a flying V, you can't sit with it sitting on your right leg if you're right handed. <laughs> It'll just slide, but you have to play it in the classical position. So basically, you, I use the it's a dime bag looking guitar. I have a 25 and a half inch scale seven string that he made for me. It looks really cool. I use that with head PE for the last three years. I have two six strings. Um, the woods are all they're all mahogany. 
uh, for the body and neck. And then it's Bubinga stripes through the middle of the fucking back of the neck. Um, always ebony fretboard, flame maple tops on every guitar. Um, and I use Bill Lawrence pickups for all the six strings, custom Lance Alonzo, Bill Lawrence wound pickups for the uh, seven string. And then um, he also made me this thing that looked, I guess, like a strap, but with seven strings on it. And it's uh, called a Daytona. It's also a Lance Alonzo custom. He made it for me specifically for my first European tour with Head PE. It's like a, a dime dime slime kind of green. He calls it like a Gregzilla finish or whatever. Okay. Uh, but it's a seven string. I use that on the new PDP record as well for a track called um, Automatic Worship of the Anti-God which is like the shreddiest fucking, it's a super spite filled riff piece. And then I have, um, it, it looks like, it looks like a dime guitar. Okay. One of the horns is shorter and it's like me and him kind of came up with the design, but it's, it's uh, got an all stainless steel hardware. Cause I sweat so much okay, probably due cool. to Coors lights, but everything's stainless steel. So it wouldn't rust. And, uh, his handmade pickups, which are actually in those last two guitars I mentioned, those are the best sounding guitars I have. Other than I have my main PDP guitars, this nine string Lance Alonzo guitar. And, uh, it's a 30 inch scale, nine strings. It's tuned in standard tuning. So the lowest string is a C sharp. So it's basically a five string bass tuned up a whole step, but then it turns into a guitar. So our bass player has to tune up a whole step on a five string. It sounds fucking ruthless. And, uh, it's got again, Lance Alonzo custom pickups, the neck pickup is like a seymour duncan 59 nine string version bridge okay. is like a bill lawrence l500 xl just like dimes that's probably my favorite guy um then i have the strandberg guitar it's a seven string um bowden it's super good i use that for all my jazz stuff i'm playing straight ahead jazz or if i'm practicing gypsy jazz um that's one of my favorite guitars right now is the strandberg because it's a headless guitar and like the ergonomics of it like ola strandberg you know check that dude out if you don't know who he is like makes amazing fucking guitars as well okay. I'm very privileged to like work with these dudes that make all these fucking cool guitars, you know. Um, it's a very small guitar. I take it on an airplane, it takes up like you put it overhead, no problem. It takes up no space. So it's my main travel guitar. It's a seven string. And I have this scalloped Ibanez six string. Um, I self-scalloped that piece. Um, actually I had a homeboy of mine from GIT years ago. Hopefully he hears this, he'll tell me who it was. Um, he like showed me how to do this whole thing. And then I had finished doing it. And then that's got a Bill Lawrence in it as well. Like a big fan of Bill Lawrence pickups. If Dime did it, it's good. And then I got, um, there's more guitars here. Okay. I have red layer guitars. This, this dude is making me uh, from Sweden is making me this fucking savage nine string. My other guitar player, PP Josh has his, I played it fucking fell in love with it. It sounds amazing. He's going to make me my own custom, like maybe like a destroyer style nine string, which is like this. It looks like an explorer, but fucking huge. Okay. And it's going to be multi-scale fan fret fucking just fucking hate beast. And then uh, <laughs> I'm getting up. <laughs> right on, man. I got amps and shit, too, if you want to hear about that shit. What is your favorite amp? My favorite amp that I own is this Randall RG100 ES from 1985 it's a i think it's from 1985 it says on the back of it i can't see it right now but it's a snakeskin tolex randall rg 100 es there's the same amp that was uh used by dimebag daryl on every pantera recording okay all right so and it's not really a high gain amp you have to put pedals and shit in front of it i have a whole fucking pedal board that's an outboard gear that's dedicated to dimes actual setup and uh it's accurate like like with head pe i was using Dimebag setup for my dirty tones. Yeah. Literally verbatim what he used with Pantera. 
and like I know all the dudes that were involved with them, and uh, even toured with like Vinny Paul and shit. Like it's accurate as fuck. And then I would use this like little thirty two twelve combo for my clean tones. You know, like an A B switcher. Okay. But uh, and then now I'm using this uh, Mike Fortin and uh, Frederick Frederick Tordendal. He's from Meshuga. He's their guitar player. They made this pedal. It's called the thirty three, and it's just like a hate crunch pedal. You just turn, it's got one knob and you like step on it and turn it up and it makes your shit sound like tighter and just fucking more brutal. And uh, I use that for all my high gain shit. So like with uh, PDP, we use EVH and we use uh, Mesa Boogie Tool Rec. And then we just use our 33s in front of it. So Mike Fortin all the way, like that guy's the shit. Right on, man. What was recording the new album like? Uh, did, did it differ from recording the first album or what was... What was your recording process? Oh, man, that that was definitely like it was maybe the easiest and hardest thing at the same time, man. Like, uh, well, doing the first record, it was like um, it was different band members. You know, it was uh, Ro, uh, Rogelio Batres. He's an amazing drummer, a good friend of mine for years. And um, then we had Dane Markinson, who's a phenomenal guitar player. Really good friend of mine, so this day, like great dude. He played with uh Glass Cloud. Have you heard of them? I have not heard of Glass Cloud. Or, yeah, they're fucking savage. Check them out. Like, dude, uh Josh Travis is a fucking sick guitar player. He plays nine strings and shit too. So but me and Dane like wrote most of the stuff with Roe. We had Aldo Rodriguez on bass. And then um and then Hector. Yeah, but basically, like, you know, that that all me and Dane mostly worked on together writing the whole thing and that was mass delusion this new one like me and josh and stefan <clears throat> kind of like wrote the music um and josh you know he's the other guitar player he's fucking the most wicked guitar player i've ever been in a band with you know he's guys ridiculous with his technique and shit and uh and he's just a good bro you know and then uh his brother stefan is like phenomenal drummer like they're brothers and they're, they're like the van halen brothers you know so okay. like i walked into a perfect situation working with these dudes like they know how to work together um and we all gelled immediately and we're all progressive like we're huge mashuga fans also huge like death metal fans but we also all like like different styles of music you know and they're they're both musicians institute graduates and shit um, yeah, i and think that's Seth, important to like different styles of music too as a band like if everybody likes the same thing if you're all like just into thrash metal and say bluegrass like the, all the music is going to sound the same, but if you have somebody who's in the bluegrass and then, um, gypsy jazz, uh, -huh, um, yeah. and, uh, I don't know, even like say somebody's into like dubstep in the band outside of thrash and you bring that all together, you get something completely different. Well, it's totally true, man. Like, you know, our new record, like people, people wouldn't even notice it, but like, you know, the album, like most of my leads on the shit are based in gypsy jazz stuff. And even from the first record, you know, from Mass Illusion, like I was doing a lot of that stuff years ago. But uh, people just, you know, they, they don't think like that, you know, to where the metalheads are usually so confined. Not not all of them. Like now it's much more open, you know, because because of like bands like Periphery and shit, because they incorporate different elements too, especially with like a lot of cleans and like singing and shit, you know, so that people are kind of opening their ears to different shit. But there's like these metal purists and stuff that's kind of going away, which is cool, especially for us. Cause our record is very much 
it is just fucking heavy metal. Yeah. But like all the influence of it is not right. Like, so like the rhythms and stuff almost have nothing to do with metal. They have more to do with Latin jazz and shit. Okay. So yeah, but you're totally right, man. Like everybody in the band, we all, we all our core thing now, like Seth, like started working with him and he's just an incredible fucking vocalist and a smart dude. Like I said, many times, like he paints a picture vocally, you know, so like the record is almost written around that. It's like write a fucking fat groove that you can bang your head to, you know, as as long as as long as you got a pulse. Yeah. And uh <laughs> and then let Seth fucking loose on it. And then we'll sprinkle in the fucking guitar, you know, the little spite riffs and the fucking uh super shreddy pieces and we got a bunch of weird like ambient I don't know. It you'll just have to hear it. It's fucked up sounding, but it's cool, man. Like I'm so it sounds unique. And it sounds reminiscent of something you heard before too. So that was the idea. And then uh, we had Eric, Eric Vitolo on bass touring with us for years. And he's just a fucking good dude. You know, I, I totally agree with what you were saying a little bit ago about how like a lot of metal heads are like, dude, if it's not metal, it fucking sucks, bruh. But you know, it's, kind of changing now like you'll it see is. you'll see like metal people more open to um even if it's just going like from metal to punk or metal to another form of rock but you you know you'll see it with like i see or even metal to like some classical which you'll see with like opeth type uh bands and like yeah you just see that way more often now which is cool to have a different exposure a different taste on yeah what's what's interesting too like you're you're totally right and i've noticed it too like it's weird i think when i was in my 20s i was like this bitter you know like technical metal guy <laughs> growing up like playing like you know pantera and shit like that and like being all into it like metallica megadeth and, and then getting into like cynic and then decapitated and, and death you know like some super fucking sweet bands but there's like this the scene is like not it's not that shitty anymore like back then like when i when i was a teenager like i was on the cryptopsy and shit and even i was like yeah you don't like cryptopsy you're an idiot but it's like <laughs> well you know what if you don't fucking dig it fucking more power to you brother yeah but yeah. I, I noticed more and more like metal kids they're like starting to like hear different music and shit. And I, I like I like to think I, I try to be a part of that, like by teaching and like you know at a music college and shit too. Like opening, like I always get like all the heavy metal students, you know, being a private teacher and shit at MI, or like even in my single string classes and like teaching technique. And they'll come in and I'll show them like gypsy jazz players that are fucking. They'll just blow their brains out. Like what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like yeah, that's like some different shit you don't even know about. Like the world, it's world music, man every like culture has their own shit. Now, how close is your, um, metal guitar? Like you playing guitar to your gypsy jazz style. Like I, I know there's a lot of distortion added, but is your, is your solo style or like your playing style similar to gypsy jazz? It is like no choice. It's absolutely one of the same. But that's a that's a great question, by the way. Um, no choice is absolutely the same, but um, rhythmically it's different because okay. none of the metal stuff is swing. So, like, you know, gypsy jazz is all swing style harmony. Well, not all of it. You got your bosses and your Roombas and shit like that. 
and shit like that. There's like Latin variations, um, which are straight fuel. Those things do translate fairly well, but um, I will actually swing some stuff in PDP, like for melodies and whatnot, against the straight feel slightly to give it like a gypsy vibe. And yeah. I use the same bend. So I'll actually use the same vocabulary, like meaning melodically. I'm playing the exact same shit or I'll superimpose chord changes. So I'll put like two five ones and shit and try to substitutions over like a static fucking uh, riff. Like uh, the first track on our new record is called Taste of Obliteration. And like I actually literally play gypsy jazz licks for the the solos, and like nobody's even called me on it because <laughs> <laughs> it's like played on a nine string with distortion. So it's like that shit's fucking crazy. Like, yeah, it's Django Reinhardt. I was just gonna ask you if you ever played like gypsy metal, like metal out a gypsy jazz riff, and like just basically just add distortion to a gypsy jazz riff and maybe a little bit more crunch. Well, dude, that's that's what uh, Mass Delusion. All of my solos on Mass Delusion are that. For that's all the way back to 2011. It's something that lends itself, you know. Like you listen to the harmony of it, it's kind of a dark sounding, you know, music. It lends yeah, itself to metal. Definitely, man. And you know, one thing I've always noticed, uh, like since I got to know a lot more musicians, I got to know a little bit more about music, is that metal not necessarily the power chord metal like the three chords or whatever but the metal that's more scalistic is some of the most like classical music out of what's out there today you that, can tell me that i'm completely wrong if you want no you're but, no you're absolutely correct there, yeah so that's like the european flavor of metal right so it's it's where it's based on like for example ingbe is the most blatant version of it <laughs> where he, he's scene. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of my favorites, you know, like regardless of how cheesy, like whatever the, the whole getup looks like or whatever, the dude's absolutely fucking phenomenal guitar player. And anybody says otherwise, I'm like, well, take a strat and fucking show me. <laughs> you can't fucking do it. So shut up, dude. And the guy fucking improvises every fucking night. You know, it takes balls to get up on stage and crush it that fucking hard, man. Like, um, you know, r- regardless, like I have I have other favorite guitar players, but I can tell you this. I own every Yngwie record and I'm not even his biggest fan. But it's just like as a guitar player, I gotta give respect. Like I, I respect him like I respect George Benson, you know. Like the best sounding George Benson is George Benson, you know. It's just like Ingve is the best sounding Ingve. Yeah, yeah. It's like but but you. it's true, it's true. You're right. There's there's a there's a European thing in metal that like a, a lot of guys, you know, like children of children of Bodom, they have like they draw from that directly, right? Which is <laughs> like a more commercial version of what would be classical music. It's like a faux classical music thing. There's some bands out there that do it full blown, but um, with us, we're like, we do more of an avant-garde. We would be more related to Chopin classically. We actually do utilize classical harmony in like a lot of our playing as well, especially on the new record, but okay. it's like more of the atonal shit and uh, tone rows and like kind of weird shit inspired by Ron Jarvis and Beck and blotted science. And this probably doesn't make any sense to what I'm saying, but, but that <laughs> like, it's, you know what I mean? It's like, it's some advanced classical fucking harmony and jazz harmony and shit. And we even literally have like jazz progressions. I, I wrote two songs on this new album that are based on gypsy jazz songs. Okay. That nobody will ever, I'll, I won't even tell you what they are, but nobody will ever figure it out. <laughs> but that's what the riff itself is a gypsy jazz song. But I rearranged the notes in a different order. But no, it's it's funny because in, in like American metal, you have like bands like Pantera, right? Or Lamb of God. Yeah. And uh, so there, there are bands that infuse those two things. And that's like what we're trying to do with PDP is have a little bit of that. 
and you know like of, of each one where you get some of that classical piece and it's like it's got that orchestration but it's also using like american twisted like bendy kind of upsetting like you know dissonant harmony like black sabbath or some shit yeah and but on a nine string mentioning uh pantera it's like dimebag daryl had like his main riffs like were he's like give me a simple riff and i'll kill it and then then he goes into his solo and then just blows your damn mind dude yeah dude the guy was like for me the the greatest influence on on my fucking playing like he's the only reason i'm like a professional musician right it's like i heard like i'd already been into ingbe and like jason becker and uh and paul gilbert like i got all into like the scholastic side of, like the neoclassical thing but i heard fucking dime just like shredding fucking riffs and then like then coming up with the solos like with steve ray vaughn field like, yeah dude what the fuck and, like grabbing every note it's like it's his last note you know even when he's shredding super hard yeah, guys, it's, it's insane man so you've been a, like a professional musician for for quite a few years now uh you've been featured in uh, many guitar magazines giving lessons and at the uh musicians institute what advice would you have for somebody who is looking to get started out or maybe take their guitar playing to the next level Oh, that's a great fucking question. Nicely done. Um, Thank you, sir. <laughs> that, no, that was that's that's really good. You know what? That that speaks to the fucking fourteen-year-old me, thirteen-year-old me, right there. Right? That's a question I would I would ask myself. I haven't thought much about it. Although, okay, so let me let me get in teacher mode if that's acceptable. Fair enough. Class in session. <laughs> Classes in session. So I think I think the important thing, um, and it depends like what your goals are as a musician, like. Early on, people don't have clear-cut goals when they're if they're dabbling in music. So I guess it depends where you're at in your musical career, or your path. But in the very beginning stages, if somebody is if somebody is coming from like a pure like intro to music, they're a music fan, but they're not a guitarist or a bass player or a drummer or whatever. I would say, you know, just just listen, and then do what you can on your own. Air drum, fucking whatever, do your thing. But like, if you want to get, if you really want to pursue a career, a couple things. Just like find somebody that's better than you, hang out with them. You know, that's what I did. Like I knew this guy, Jimmy Rose, like fucking sick guitar player. Like when I was a teenager, um, he could play all this dime bag shit. Like I looked up to him, my buddy Ryan Malone, like he was a better guitar player than me. My buddy Josh Wallace, you know, like all these guys were playing before me. Um, I got a good guitar teacher by the name of Dave Thornton, who was like teaching my buddy Josh. Okay. Like find, like find a guy or a girl. Who who you who you can look up to and like you admire what they do and then just hang with them and be fucking cool, you know, be fucking cool and like absorbed by osmosis, and then like if it really if the bug really truly strikes you, like get get serious about you know being uh, an astute student like, you know start studying like for me I always naturally wanted to know why, you know like with my <laughs> piano teacher she's like let's play this fucking Bach thing, and like I play it I'm like well, why does that sound like that. And there was no answers there because she didn't understand the theory of it. She just knew how to read the music. And it's like, yeah. that's where jazz and shit comes you know, into play. And that, that's where songwriting comes into play. You know, that's, that's where understanding what Bach is or, um, or Chopin or fucking Brahms or whoever the fuck you want. You know, it's like if you look at my bookshelf right here, I got, I got Liszt, Brahms, Chopin, Bach, Mozart. Like I have all these fucking, uh, all the sheet music. That's my whole deal. Like get serious and then find somebody that can, 
they can read and write music that's not a pretentious dickhead who's going to turn you off from it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's is the other key thing, right you there, know? Like, I was lucky my guy Dave, who my homeboy Josh recommended to me to take lessons from, you know, like he wasn't a pretentious fucking weirdo. He was like, hey, man, you like Dimebag? Cool. Let's work on this. Learn to read this shit on the guitar here. You know, and it was like a little piece of some dime bag shit or whatever, you know, that that's the thing, like stay motivated, but, uh, but always push yourself. But I, you know, honestly, like I've taught at a music school at a collegiate level for fucking 13 or 14 years. And, you know, I, I see all types come through. I've seen guys that come through that, that are, uh, they're destined for greatness. And I see people come through that don't really give a fuck and they're there to party, you know? Um, yeah, some people want to be in the scene, but I mean, that still works too. If you want to be in the scene, you're, you're, uh, you're punk rock all the way, <laughs> you know, you don't have to be good to fucking play, play punk rock. You know what, you know, what's uh, cool. I actually came across this, uh, video game to help learn guitar. No, it's not guitar Rocksmith? hero. Yes. Rocksmith. That game is really, I don't, I don't know. What do you think of that? I think the game is really cool. It can teach you how to play. And then there's like games where you learn chord shooting zombies and shit. I think that's Dude, what that is cool. I remember when that first came out. Um, that is cool. You know what's fucked up? I can't do it. <laughs> I can't fucking do it or guitar hero to save my fucking life because it's like, if that shit is not geared towards a person who like rhythmically plays accurately right yeah but it does teach you it does teach you the shit though you know um yeah my my you know my nieces and my nephew we all fucking went together to fucking hook them up with that and they actually really enjoyed it and they can all play a little bit so yeah it I does think, work i think rocksmith is what guitar hero meant to be in a way but or should have been but you know because you can actually plug a real guitar into your xbox and play all right, I got a couple more questions here for you as we uh, roll on here. And uh, this one is along the lines of, like, social media or what what you're doing to get your name out there. What do you do to promote yourself? Oh, that's a, that's another really good question. You, you're coming with the heat here. I am. I'm bringing the fire. Was that Randy <laughs> Johnson? Was that fucking Randy Johnson was the guy that, like, fucking killed the bird with the fastball something like that yeah like he he had some heat i think it was randy johnson killed that fucking bird with the fastball you're that guy right now i i'm 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 taking target man (laughs) (laughs) okay um well with social media you know i'm not good at that nobody nobody in my band is um in pdp rather actually nobody in any band that i'm in this is the trap i fall into so every person i work with we're all just artisty weirdos. <laughs> we only care about playing music. That has been the fucking downfall of me forever. That's why I joined, you know, uh, Head P in the first place. Besides my homeboy, Kurt, like, he's a good homeboy. Right? He's like, we need a guitar player now. We're going on a tour 30 days. Need somebody immediately, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, like, I, you know, I jumped up for that piece. But um, but one thing, one thing I have learned is that being super good at playing an instrument – and like being able to play anything like I go and play gigs that are not metal based all the time, you know, like I, I don't go out to a club and like sit by myself, put on a backing track and like play an Ingbe tune or some shit. Like to me, that's hokey as fuck. I mean, if that's somebody's <laughs> gig, fucking more power to you, but like I'll go sit in a fucking coffee shop or whatever. And just with my acoustic guitar 
and play like some fucking gypsy jazz or some fucking Django and shit. <laughs> and like, and dude, like chicks dig it when chicks dig it. All the dudes are chilling too. And they're like, yeah, what's up, baby? Oh yeah. that. Oh yeah. It's so great. Oh, fucking whatever, you know, <laughs> that whole fucking thing. But it literally is that like, it's, it's like playing other styles of music or like, you know, working at a music college and uh, like a lot of my students too, um, have supported me throughout the years because like, you know, they're my bread and butter. Just like I'm theirs. You know, if I can help any one of my students from the past 15 years, get a gig or some shit, like we're all on that same, like synergy, you know, like I want to see every person I've ever taught succeed in what they're fucking trying to do. And they, yeah. they had the, you know, most of them had the same love for me. I like, you know, within a certain degree or whatever. Some of them, I'm, I'm fucking hard on people too. So like a lot of people say I'm a fucking dickhead because I come <laughs> to my class and prepared. I'm like, that sounds like shit. Get off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> man, sometimes you need the tough love, man. Sometimes well, you, you know need what, that. You need to be the Simon Cowell. Some, yeah. Some of them, some of them don't like it, but most of them do. They're like, yeah, you're right in practice. All right. Sorry, dude. And they come in the next week and fucking crush it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, that's, that's kind of the fucking deal. But, but with the social media thing, like, one thing I do too is just make sure I'm like every time I play live that I just absolutely fucking destroy it. So you won't find a video of me sucking, right? You're going to, you know, you're like, if you go on YouTube videos, me shredding hard as fuck, bam, yeah. there you go. It's like, all oh, proof is in the pudding. There you go. Or like any records I put out, they're always like top of like the top of the game. Not I mean, there's not people that are better. You know, there's like, like I have guitar heroes too, you know, like yeah. the grin, like Angela to bar, like, or, um, you know, Jason Becker, all these guys like dime, you know, I have like Steve Ray Vaughn. I have fucking heroes too. And they're like way better than I am. But the idea is like, at least get in the fucking ballpark of all these guys with whatever musically I'm doing, um, uh, uh, stylistically, you know? So if that answers the question, that might be some long winded fucking bullshit too. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's all good. It's all good. So basically just to sum it up, you, you go out and play in different atmospheres. Yeah like you and your students kind of look for their you try to get them jobs and if they have an opportunity for you later on you know you'll they might throw throw something your way and you know that doesn't happen very often where it gets thrown my way most people try to not tell me about a gig if it's being offered to be to, to be totally honest <laughs> um which i can understand because i'll fucking swoop in and take that motherfucker right now you know, yeah if it's paying good don't tell me about it i'll take that son of a bitch because i can sight read i can ear train like I'll hear it once be like, cool, let's play it. <laughs> to be fair, that actually kind of is the shit show for me. Like a lot of people are like, oh, you didn't hear about that audition? Like, all right, cool. Thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for telling me now that it was like two months ago. Yeah, it, that, is a, that is a real thing. That's a, I guess that'd be another piece of advice. Don't like advertise that you can do anything. I can literally play almost anything on the guitar. That's not bullshit. It's not, you know, uh, blowing smoke up anybody's ass. It's like, I can do it. And then I actually do lose gigs based on that too. So, yeah, that's got to be tough. Other people just want to try to get the gig themselves, you know. But you'll you'll have that. You will have that. So, um, now got some good advice from you. Got uh, you know mainly promotion by word of mouth and experience and getting out there and putting on a badass show. So. With touring all over um, U.S., Europe, across the world, um, playing 
playing shows with multiple bands. You played the Rockstar Mayhem tour like four years in a row. What would be a highlight or two that you care to share with uncontained audience? Doesn't necessarily need to be the highlight of your career. Just something that, hey, this is uh, cool and I want to share it. Oh, man. The highlight, a couple of, uh, okay, I'll name a couple and hopefully I don't get um, busted on this fucking name dropping, but um, this guy who happens to be the guitar player in Mashuga really likes our record. Okay. It's getting ready to come out. Um, that's kind of the mega, the mega end all be all. <laughs> so that, that for me is fucking crazy, you know, cause I'm, I'm just super Mashuga fan. You know, I mean, if you're a metalhead and you're not, I don't know what you're doing. That's, that's rough. Yeah. I mean, to at least respect, the amount of fucking virtuosity and shit that goes into it. And the fact they changed the game, like there's like, you know, you got Sabbath, Van Halen, Zeppelin, Pantera, Metallica, Megadeth, Meshuggah's in there, you know, Sepultura, yeah. you know, I mean, they're, they're in there. And uh, for me, they're, they're actually in my top two, my top two being Pantera and fucking Meshuggah. Okay. Not, not a shabby fucking top two. So no, no, that, that's not. fucking pretty huge. Um, and then, and then sharing the stage with fucking uh, Vinnie Paul, from Pantera, like, and actually hanging out with the dude, like he came out to a couple shows that we played um, with yeah. NPE, you know. So that those are, and then playing to like almost a million people, that was cool, you know. Yeah, very cool, very cool, man. So uh, when you perform in front of your audience, when you're performing live, or the audience or the crowd, your fans listen to your CD, this new CD coming up. Arcane Ascent. What do you want them to remember and take away? Damn. Sorry, I'm making you think, man. (laughs) No, that's that's pretty fucking good. Um, I guess the one thing I wanted to fucking take away is like we're the ultra fucking we're bringing the ultra tightness, you know. And then uh, and then and the the tunes are groovy. Watch what's the the Cowboys from Hell? You know, video like the the Cowboys videos from okay. pantera yeah and like that vibe like when they played the forum foundations forum and like how everybody's going nuts and crowd surfing and shit with pantera before anybody knew who the fuck they were that's what i want people to take away from us is like we're gonna go up there and crush it like i'm gonna headbang like a fucking maniac and be sore as shit i hope everybody else is too but i also hope they enjoy the fucking guitar tones because like we're bringing out the beefy heat with our fucking guitar rigs like it's gonna be that's the idea is like to make sure everybody's they're a part of it and not ostracized from it, you know? Like, whether okay. you're in the back of the room, like, I don't give a fuck if a dude's standing in the back of the room with a fucking Diet Coke in his hand at the bar, but he's, like, in the tunes, he wants to hang out afterwards, I'll fucking, I'll do a shot while he drinks a fucking Diet Coke, you know what I mean? As long as everybody's fucking having a good time. For sure. That's what I want everybody to take away from it. All right, perfect, man, perfect. I have one more question for you, but before I get to that question, um, where can people get a hold of you, PDP, um and um your other projects such as your gypsy jazz project hot club of north hollywood oh nicely done bro okay so um pdp has a fucking facebook page and so if you go on facebook and type in pdp that'll be us um fucking Hot Club of North Hollywood has a Facebook page. You type that shit in on Facebook, bam. All right. It's coming at you live. And then uh, 
or they can hit me up on on uh, Instagram. It's Gregzilla three three three. That's the easiest way. If there, anybody has anything they want to do with either one of those two bands, just fucking Instagram, because this Facebook algorithm shit sucks. Like nobody uses it for bands anymore because like <laughs> nobody can see what you post. Yeah, um, I'll I'll sit like dude. I'm like offering guitar lessons and shit. Like all these fucking crazy deals on that whole thing. Like I got transcriptions of fucking tunes and shit. All the motherfucker has to do is message me on Instagram, fucking follow Gregzilla three three three. Bam! I got transcriptions. What's up now, cuz? <laughs> Gregzilla three three three. Bam! Kicking it up like Emerald Lagasse. <laughs> you got it. That's exactly what it is, <laughs> dude. And straight up though, you know, like you know, Instagram hasn't fucked that shit up yet, so. Um, I mean, anything to do with like PDP or Hot Club in North Hollywood. So if, if you got, you know, MI questions about going to music college or if you want guitar lessons or like you got theory questions, fucking whatever, or PDP shit, fucking whatever, Gregzilla333, Instagram, follow me, hit me up with a message. Bam, I got you. All right. So Gregzilla333. That's a little tribute to Dimebag as well. I was wondering if it was like half evil, <laughs> like half a six no, the, six six. Yeah, it's a it's a little tribute to Dimebag. His favorite number is three. So I did not know that. Yeah, like uh, he had the dime the dime three, which is main Washburn. Then he had the dime three three three, which is like a Korean import fucking step down model. Okay, I I, I was also thinking kind of like Slipknot in there too. You know, they have if you're five five five, I'm six six six. Oh know, yeah. Okay. Slipknot's fucking rad. Yeah, Iowa, man. You're really close to him now. So I have one final question for you, Greg. It's time for the title question of the show. The final question. Greg Harrison, how do you live uncontained? Well, that's fairly simple. Um, It's basically, you know, three years of dedication and hard work, like playing my instrument and, uh, you know, like being aware of where I am and who I'm around taking those contacts down and shit, making sure that I don't have to uh, subscribe to anybody else's fucking mantra, right? You have yeah. the mantra of you want to excel, you want to succeed in something, then you do you do everything you can. And even if you have to fucking be contained while you're chasing that fucking goal, you still make sure that at the end of the day, like what you're doing is not interfering with the the end result of where you want to be, right? And right. wherever you end up is not, it's not the, it's not even the final destination, then it's a struggle to stay there. Like I've done it, you know, like here's a good uh, story about it. Like I wanted to go to MI. I came from Ohio from the middle of nowhere, grew up on a farm. I didn't want to be a farmer or shit. Right. There's not opportunities where I grew up to be a session musician and shit. So worked three jobs, saved a very last penny, went to LA, fucking graduated MI um, as the outstanding player in 2004 became a staff member. I wrote all this shit on my application at school that I was going to be a teacher there and fucking blah, blah, blah. <laughs> then fucking 14, 13 years later, I get colleague of the year award uh, as voted by my peer instructors. You know, there you go. 14 years later, 13 years later, whatever. Right on. So, I mean, the, the thing is like, it's just it being steadfast and, and, and working on your craft instead of when somebody shoots you down, instead of being bummed about it, it's like, well, fuck that. I can do better than that shit. Okay. You know, and there's and there's plenty of people that are going to shoot you down. You know, like I just talked to this guy from this fucking label the other day. It's like, oh yeah, well, I'd really like to sign you guys, but it's like, well, fuck yourself then, man. Well, fuck your butts. Whatever, <laughs> fuck your butt. Actually, 
you know. And then tonight I'm at the grocery store. I get a phone call from another label. They're like, yeah, I really want to fucking check out the album. You know what I mean? So it's like, dude, if that makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it's uh, great advice, actually. So just because one person doesn't like it doesn't mean other people won't. And as long as like you're keeping going, pursuing that dream, you know, and doing what you can to further that dream. And am I correct? Yeah, that you're yeah, you're absolutely. That's a good synopsis. Like, why? Like, don't be your own fuck up. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like when I when I see things that I fuck up, I'm readily available to say I'm an idiot. I fucked that up. Like with with the music business, it's the same shit as life. If you act like an ass, you're gonna be treated like an ass. And actually, in the music business, if you act if you act like you fucking you got your whole shit together, like my band. Motherfuckers actually don't even like us because we have our shit together. <laughs> That's even more fucked up. That like, is. Well, what are we going to do with these guys? But you know what? I still fucking put a smile on my face. I'm like, hey, man, it's all good, brother. Don't worry about it. I'm going to fucking take care of it. You know what? I fucking, I'm not worried about that shit. The one thing I like, I can go fucking do a tour myself, book it and promote it or whatever. I got a team behind me. I got like fucking badass manager, fucking good booking agent, you know, and that shit. That shit doesn't come because because I'm being negative, you know. Yeah, it comes from like working on the product. Maybe maybe if people don't fucking like promote your shit or they don't like respond to you, it's because your shit ain't that good. Or maybe your shit is that good, but the right people aren't hearing it because you're an introvert. Or maybe your shit's super good and people are they fear it because you're like, I mean, there's all these fucking different you know things that can hold you back. If you let them, I'm not going to let it hold me back. You know what I mean? Like, fuck that. I can still go on tour. I don't need to fucking have this person or that person tell me I can tour with this band or fucking put out a record. You know what I mean? Like, it's the internet. Internets are happening, man. Internets are all the rage right now. (laughs) Right on, man. (laughs) Right on. So, very, very... uh... (laughs) I don't don't know how to respond to internets are all the rage right now. But... (laughs) right on, that's dude. the best quote of the whole thing that that Internet is all the rage right now bro that should be the name of the show uh <laughs> the name of the episode <laughs> right Jesus there Christ. internets are the rage right now <laughs> all right greg well thank you man for talking with me here and hanging out with me today uh once again you have the new album coming out when is uh when is arcane ascent coming out well it's actually been done for a while. Um, we have a very special bass player re-recording all the tracks. We actually finished it all like last uh, December, mixing and mastering. But there's a guy from a um, one of my favorite bands of all time re-recording the bass. I'm not gonna fucking say who it is, but okay, yeah, it's a fucking whole thing. But it'll be out by summer, and we're gonna be on tour probably by May or so. All right, sounds good, man. Uh, and keep an eye open on Instagram, Gregzilla three three three, for updates up, on it. And uh, yeah, thank you. I got one final thing for you to do, Greg, before before I let you go, and that is chug, this uh, light. chug the Coors Light and sign off the show today. Will you do me the honor of signing off the show today, Greg? I'm Greg Harrison for PDP. I live uncontained, titty fucking buttress. 
And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thanks again to Greg Harrison for joining me on the show today. Once again, I'm excited to share that Uncontained is on Spotify and iHeartRadio. So please subscribe and uh, show the show a little support. And uh, thank you for listening. And until next time, live uncontained. And here's the bonus track that I promised you from Greg's gypsy jazz band, The Hot Club of North Hollywood. This is Bosa Dorado. Thank you.